Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Nine Decide podcast, where we chat with super amazing and inspirational people who pounded the pavement before and after their nine to fives to get their side hustles off the ground. After listening to the interviews with these amazing guests, you'll walk away with a refreshed pep in your step and a newfound motivation to make your side hustle a reality. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode six of season two of the Nine Decide podcast. Apologies for my super raspy voice. I feel like I've been sick for a decade and a half, but I think that's just standard now that the kids are back in school. But anyway, I know you all have heard the term starving artist. At least I have. It's very near and dear to my heart, not in a great way. But in my 20s, when I was pursuing TV hosting and trying to do all of the stuff that I was doing that was non nine to five. I feel like starving artist is always kind of tossed around as a negative kind of connotation. Like, well, you don't want to be a starving artist, you know, whatever. The artist is this broad term for anything that's kind of this non nine to five thing that you're doing that if you want to pursue some kind of creative avenue. And so, yeah, I mean, for me, it definitely scared me. I did not want to be a starving artist. I didn't know how to make a living and provide the lifestyle that I wanted while also pursuing the things that I want. So I bailed and I got a nine to five and got health insurance and the rest is history. You just need to have somebody to teach you the skills about how to monetize, you know, the skill set that you have. My next guest is particularly focused in people that paint and draw, mostly painting, but she I think is incredible because I haven't really found anybody or talked to anybody who does what she does, which is all about her method is the profitable artist. And it's all about helping people monetize and sell the art that they make. And so what my next guest brings to the table is just helping kind of present that uh, part of the business to them and how they can find that audience, tap into it and sell the art that they're making so they can actually make a living doing what they love, which I think is so cool, which is what this podcast is all about, is doing what you love and figuring out a way to monetize it. This is my interview with Fiona Valentine. Welcome, Fiona Valentine. First of all, I have to say I love your name. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Before we dive in to kind of the background, I wanted to just quickly up front, since this is you know all about side hustles, quickly just tell us the elevator pitch of your side hustle and whether it is in fact right now a side hustle or whether you've transitioned it to a full-time career. I'm now full-time in my biz, which started as a side hustle, and I'm a business coach. I help aspiring artists to paint for fun and for profit, even if they've never sold any of their work before. All right. So let's back up now that we've gotten a little bit of understanding on that and tell us a little bit about who you are and what your background is, and then let's get started into how you kind of launched this side hustle, this whole business. I just love what you're doing with the whole side hustle conversation because that's completely how I began and just finding myself in, I think you used the word soulless job times that it can just feel like that when we're doing something because we've got kids and we've got bills and we need to be working. I was fortunate to work for a great company and I learned so many skills, but it wasn't aligned with my passion at all. So I'm really grateful for those years of learning. And I got to do a diploma in business management while I was there and learn about finance and 
all sorts of things outside of my skill set, which previous to that job had been largely in the teaching space. I'd homeschooled my kids for years and I'd been teaching in West Africa and in really small settings, small schools. So, and I love that, the people side, the teaching side, that's really who I am. In this job, I've got these years of teaching behind me. Somewhere along the line, I started painting. And so I'm going to work and coming home and painting and thinking about painting when I'm at work. How can I do this? How can I turn this into a business? Is that even possible? I don't really know people who are doing that. So I just, I started brainstorming and crunching numbers and trying to figure out how I could make this work. So I went to see somebody that I knew in the art space and talked to them. And the advice I got was, it's really hard to make a living selling paintings. So go down the teaching pathway. Disclaimer, I do not agree with that at all now. (laughs) (laughs) But at the time, I didn't know any different. And it actually worked for me because I had a teaching background and that's what I love to do. So that's what I did. I tried different things. I actually met, I did several things. One was I made a TV episode with a group called Color in Your Life. We're all about interviewing artists. So I went on their show and I launched some workshops on the back of that. How did you get on that show? I had already, because I, once I decided I wanted to go down this pathway, I started a website. So I had an online presence that was showing my art and I was planning classes. And so actually this show reached out to me and said, hey, you can paint and we see your website and would you like to be on the show? It wasn't just a great marketing and opportunity for me. It was an investment. That's how this program works. So I had to go and get sponsorship to be on the TV show. So I did that. Thankfully, I had a really close relationship with the art shop that supplies all of my art stuff. And they were terrific and sponsored me. And I had a couple of other sponsors and went ahead and made this TV program and launched some workshops. Was this was like an instructional class that people would like watch to follow and paint what you were painting? Yeah. Were- so the Color in Your Life episodes, which you can find on YouTube and on mm-hmm. local, they're actually on uh, public television all over the world. They've grown really big. I was back on the 2015 episode. And since then, they've gone to the UK and America and a bunch of different places. So what they do is Graham, who's an artist, he travels around on a Harley Davidson and interviews artists and they film them in their studio. And the whole idea is that you capture this half hour of that artist, their work, their process, their wisdom, their studio, how they do things. And it's, it's a real learning thing. It's great for other artists, people who are curious about art. And Graham's vision is really to capture a library of the minds of artists. That's so amazing. that was the show. So I did that, um, some acrylic landscape painting. Did you have any art like background? Did you have any training? Because there's one thing that yeah. like there are people who have hobbies who like to do it, but you know might not be amazing at it or create work that is sellable. And then there's like people who amazingly talented who are on that cusp. Who it is very difficult to launch a career. But how did you just kind of know that? I don't know. You had the talent to take it to another level, or think that like. Had you always That's done it? such an interesting question because talent is, I actually think there's a lot of myth involved in talent. I mean, yes, we see it in our kids, don't we, that humans have strengths in certain areas, but talent actually has been studied so intensively, even you know, people like Mozart, and determined that actually what looks like talent is often training and instruction and practice and diligence, things that can actually be controlled, which is really empowering because if you've got a 
wow, do I have enough talent to really make it mindset, that can feel like something that's completely outside of your control. So I was really blessed to have some training in high school and I got some really good instructional training, even though I was in a tiny little country school. It was almost like a homeschool collective. It was that small and independent. But I got some really good drawing training and then uh, some basic watercolour and I had some classes in drawing, you know, still life objects and things like that. So I did have some skills under my belt and I met an artist when I was working in Africa who really encouraged me that you have got potential, you should do something with this. So I kind of parked that in my back pocket and I had been working in a situation that where there was a lot of poverty in this amongst nomads in a very remote part of Niger in West Africa. I started off in Nigeria and moved across the border. And in that setting, uh, as a young mother, I decided that my creativity was just frivolous and I kind of pushed it aside because it just it felt self-indulgent mm-hmm. and I had no idea what damage I was doing to myself. So coming back to Australia, having another child, I started to explore my creativity and I went back to painting and I was painting and I really didn't know what I was doing. I'd been trained to sort of use some skills, to copy things, but I was doing other people's projects in high school. I didn't do it in the later years of high school where I was having to come up with a portfolio or things like that. So I didn't really know anything about how do I take an idea and turn it into a finished painting. I felt kind of all at sea. I went to the library and I borrowed everything I could on learning to paint and I met a few people who gave me some tips and then I enrolled in some master classes with the Australian Guild of Realist Artists. They went for like a week. That was life-changing because I learned there are things you can learn from other artists. It's not just talent, intuitive, and you've either got it or you haven't, and it just flows out of you, but there are actually things that you can learn, skills, drawing, design, composition, colour, and there are theories about how we make the illusion of painting feel three-dimensional, and that, that was really exciting. Do you consider yourself like an artist in general, or do you consider yourself a painter, like specifically a painter? Yes. Painting and drawing are my visual medium. Yes. So when I say artist, that's what I mean. For me, it's painting and drawing. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And are those the people that you work with in particular, or do you work with any kind of artist? I'm focused on visual artists, painters, drawers, But the principles that I teach, actually, if you're a textile artist, if you're a photographer, they would work for you too. Because really that I've, through my own long journey of trying to make a living from my art, and as you said, we don't talk about that very much. We don't teach people that very much. And the world is changing. So what was happening in Australia in the 80s, where you could have an exhibition and people lined up on the footpath waiting to buy your art, That's not the case these days, which is why I got the advice I did when I went and asked about it, that it's really hard to sell your art. But we're in a really different situation now. And so I love encouraging the artist entrepreneur mindset and helping artists see that as an artist, you're an art ambassador and you're also in business if you want to make a living from your art and you can take charge of that. You don't have to wait for a gallery to pick you up or somebody to give you permission or recognition, you can own your artist journey as an entrepreneur and learn how to market your work. And that's what I teach. But it took me a long time to get there. So talk to me about coming up with this idea. And I'm I'm also really interested in you explaining the different, I know you've got different kind of areas of your business. You've got like 
the method, then you have like a, a Facebook group and that sort. So just talk to me about how you got started, how you kind of came up with it. What were the first steps you took into kind of launching yeah. into this side hustle? So because I was going down the pathway of, okay, I'm going to use teaching as my vehicle to get profitable. And I had an agreement with my husband that when my side hustle was able to replace my salary, I would walk away from my job. And thankfully, because we got on the same page about profitability early, that really helped me be laser focused on profitability because I wanted out. Right, And I had a figure, I had a number to go for because I had a teaching background that really helped. And so I pulled together some how to explore different mediums and and how to start in watercolour. And I did a luxury day workshop because I really wanted to encourage women particularly to say, hey, it's okay to make space for creativity in my life. This is going to help my parenting, my job, my whole person And if I'm drawn to this, it's okay to indulge that. If it feels like an indulgence, it's actually far more valuable, far more important to bring your whole self to your life because I hadn't done that for those years and I had paid a high price. How did you, raising two kids and having a husband and doing the nine to five while you had your eye on the prize, which was leaving, but like, how did you carve out that time for yourself to even kind of start working on this? side hustle and painting and doing that? It was definitely challenging. I was really thankful that I was able to drop from full-time to part-time and I did some painting. And then when I was looking at teaching, I put together what I was going to do in terms of workshops. And really, I took the things I'd taught myself over the previous few years and the things that I'd learned that had transformed my painting. And because of my teaching background, it was fairly simple to just turn that into a teaching model. What was your first thought around launching kind of the side hustle and making this profitable for other people and and like sharing this kind of? Yeah, well, that kind of came later because at first it was really a focus on, I want to show you how to dive into your creativity and how to start painting. And then I was asked to teach a watercolor class on the back of making this TV show by an artist, actually one of the artists who taught me in that Australian Guild of Realist Artists workshop that I told you about. And that was a fantastic opportunity because I walked into a retired artist teacher's class. So I got a full class of these gorgeous women who all wanted to do watercolour. So that was a really big chunk of making things work. And then I bumped into someone at an art fair and he said, if you want to, oh, I know someone who's doing what you're doing. Oh, let me get him to give you a call. And I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. (laughs) Well, this lovely person actually did what he said. And somebody I didn't know on the other side of Melbourne rang me and he said, this is what I do. And he just laid out this beautiful plan, send flyers to four schools in your area, go hire a cheap community room and teach a one-hour class for 16 kids and show them how to do one project every week and charge this much. And I went, I could do that. So I did that. (laughs) I did that for five years and that blossomed. I had two of those classes. I spent one hour, two nights a week, teaching kids after school. And they had a wonderful time. I loved it because I love working with kids. That was teaching. That was teaching them how to draw and how to paint. How to to draw and how to paint. Okay, got it. Yes, very, very simplified. And some of those kids stayed with me and just got older and older and better and better. And so I had to teach them more and more. So Um, smart, yeah. So I I did that for quite a while. But as I was doing this, I was also coaching women one-on-one and watching them as their painting skills developed, their dreams, they were going, so how are you making a living doing this? What can I do? And I was also 
hitting the ceiling of trading time for money. So I'd gone that 18 months of teaching these classes. I'd replaced my income. I'd left my job. (laughs) So exciting. And adjusted to that whole thing. And so the teaching income was steady, but I had hit my head on the ceiling of that trading time for money where I couldn't take on any more because I had nothing left for my own painting. I was teaching at night. I was teaching three coaching clients at a time. I was teaching kids' classes. And how were you getting your, um, when you were coaching one-on-one, how did you get those women? Were they coming to you just like knew you and were like, oh, I'd love to have one-on-one coaching and you were kind of taking it by reference or were you actively advertising one-on-one coaching? No, they were actually coming to me. Either they'd been to my workshops or they'd heard about me through word of mouth or the TV show. So it was kind of happening organically for a while there. And I realized that I was really loving that. I was loving working with adults and I loved helping them step into their dreams and helping Mm. all of the doubts, the fears, the lack of confidence, the imposter syndrome, who do you think you are? All those things that I'd overcome, I could see that they had the same struggles. So I'm a couple of years into moving my teaching online and sort of expanding that way, building courses, doing so the you retreats. Did make a shift to online Zoom yes. kind of like, and was that, were they recorded? Were you trying to do kind of passive revenue streams? Yes, exactly. Recording yeah. And people could buy it and watch and gotcha. Very smart. Yeah. So I was taking, uh, how to mix color. I teach a comprehensive color workshop so that you can mix hundreds of colors. Over my years of teaching, I developed six keys to painting. And I turned that into a, I did it as a live workshop and that became a course as well, Conquer the Basics. So I have a question about the creating the course just for anyone who's listening, regardless of what they're doing, because I do think passive revenue and creating those, if you're doing a business where it is a teaching style business is so smart. What were some of your steps? Did you have a business coach, somebody who advised you on how to package what you were, obviously you're a teacher, so you're good at that, but did you work with somebody? How did you take that from- yeah, your idea to actually learning how to communicate online, learning how to do the video side, learning how to package it, learning how to market it. Yeah. I did some courses, a couple of different courses, and I started a Facebook group to work with that for the marketing side. And then eventually I worked with a coach, but in that in-between stage where I was just learning, how the heck do I do this? I started a blog. So how do you write in the online space for people? This is not formal writing. This is conversational writing, which is a whole different thing. So I I learned to use simple tools. I had a Weebly website, which I love. I still use. I've had it for nine years. It's grown with me and I can put my blog and videos on that site. So instead of going with Thinkific or Teachable or whatever, I built a course on my Weebly site. Oh, smart. (laughs) Because I was bootstrapping everything. Well, Um, yeah, I was going to ask that about the bootstrapping and the website creation and stuff, but just doing like an online past content course or something like that investment wise, was it a big investment out of pocket? Like, did you have to? Yeah. Well, it was mostly in the training. So it felt like, oh, I learned this piece and then, oh, actually, but I need this piece and I need this piece. So educating myself was expensive. Okay. So you did that. And then you've got your, you've got those courses up and those are running. Are you selling your own art at the same time? Like where's most of your revenue coming from these courses? Yeah, it's definitely coming from the classes because I had focused on that. Um, I was still painting and I was still selling, but that wasn't, and I had prints and things on my website, but I wasn't targeting that. So during this COVID season of just having my live classes and my retreats shut down and going, okay, well, I I really need to bump up 
the workshop, the online side of things. So I just talking over with my husband one day and I had this epiphany that, oh my goodness, I thought I was teaching so that I could sell my art. So I'm teaching so I can become an artist, but actually I am a teacher at heart. That is, I'm actually even more passionate about that than I am about painting. Much as I love being an artist, I love painting and that's my subject. I think that all absolutely makes sense. I have two questions for you as it relates to that. One, when you talk about COVID, do you feel like you saw a spike actually in people that were exploring their creativity? Because it's like, that was actually a time where everybody didn't have their nine to fives that they were crunching and there was not a lot to do except other things. So if there was ever a time to pick up, I don't know, something that you were interested in creatively, I was just wondering if your business actually flourished more. Like people were like, yeah, I actually discovered during COVID that I love to paint and I rethought my life. So many people did think that and did move into that just exploring, experimenting, Mm -hmm. enjoying, rediscovering. And I think that was a really powerful time for a lot of people. For most of that time, I was trying to keep my live classes alive by doing them on Zoom. And as with any pivot or change, as every school teacher on earth will tell you that learning to manage Zoom for teaching life is a whole thing. And so the on again, off again, yeah, it was just it felt like a really unproductive time, a time of survival really for me. But for a lot of people in the world, yeah, they were home. And so they were finding creative time that is really precious that they maybe hadn't had before. And it became a wonderful opportunity to experiment and look into and explore. Did your business at that time, did you have, like until that point, was it kind of up and up? Had you had any major struggles or challenges or I don't know, pitfalls along the way. Like what were some of those before? I mean, it seems like you've kind of, you know, stepped your way through and it's just been kind of up and up since you got started. But And and, I mean, it sounds like a nice tidy journey, but (laughs) honestly, have you seen that uh, success diagram? That's like, we think success is like this straight arrow, but actually it's like this messy, messy, messy squiggle. And then eventually we get somewhere. That's actually the truth. If I told you all the (laughs) in-between bits, we'd be here a long time. A long time. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure if you had any major setbacks or whether, you know, I mean. Probably the biggest one for me was going, right, my live classes are working great. I'm going to move online, doing that, discovering, okay, courses, courses are great, but actually I want to go bigger and retreats are what I'm going to focus on. All the work to launch these beautiful retreats out into the world and smack COVID, we can't do that. Yeah. So we're back to, you know, transitioning the classes into Zoom and then, you know, what do I do about my coaching? And just, I feel like there was a lot of scrambling and if we all could have seen COVID coming and knowing that everybody was going to be home and wanting to learn to paint, we might have focused on that, not live right. retreats. But, you know, you don't, we don't get that. Yeah. We would look you don't as get to what's going to happen, do we? Exactly. So it's, it's messy and it's hard. But in all the hard, I had already been developing my coaching program and putting that online. And it really became clear to me that that is what I want to do. And that is the profitable artist. That's your method. And is that like a patent method? I don't know. I mean, if you come up with a method that is your own, do you kind of, is there? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people trademark their method. Trademarks. Yeah. So the profitable artist method is a 90 day coaching program. And it's a very clear and simple way to set up a business 
and a brand, you know, a marketing ecosystem so that you can connect your art with your customers in a seamless buying experience. So I help artists to set up their business, set up their website, the email and the social media so that it all works together. So when they create a collection of art, they're sharing that journey with their, their ideal customers. And they've also got this system that supports promoting, exhibiting and selling that online. So I just take them through those steps in a really simple, structured way. So this would you say this is like the bulk of your business, like the profitable artist is your method. Yes. It's what you're really passionate about, what you're what 100%. you're promoting, what your big thing is. Okay. I'm so curious about this because I feel it's so cool. I mean, one, do you have any prerequisites for people that you take? So like if anybody came to you that was interested in drawing, like, what do you promise? Like with something yeah. like this, it seems so amazing. How do you manage people's expectations? And do you promise something at the end of this? Like they're going to sell X number of dollars. Like how does that all work? Learning to sell your art and putting it out into the world. It's a journey. So in these three months, you're going to have the pieces of a business, a website, an email list, social media presence, and you're going to understand how to use those together. That's the crucial thing is to understand who you are, who you're making art for, what kind of art you make and honing that message. This is what I do. This is who I am. This is the value that I bring to the world. These are the people who love it and this is what it's going to do for them. Getting all of that crafted and then the process of building your audience and putting your collections out into the world, that is a rinse and repeat process. And the more that you put into it, the more that you are sharing your story and learning how to do that well, the more it's going to grow. But when you do the sums right on the front end, so the big thing I start with is clarity. You need to get clarity on how much time you want to spend or how much time you have to spend, how much money you want to make or need to make, and what you love to do. And then where those three things intersect, you got to look at what's the highest value offer I can create in that sweet spot. Do you feel like you could take this and kind of package the idea of it and what you offer for other creative interests? Absolutely. You could, because this is marketing 101. But when you learn marketing piecemeal from different people, you might be listening to somebody who's talking about offering coaching or online courses or low ticket products or whatever, pick your thing. So what I've done is taken sort of marketing 101 and really laser focused it on visual artists. And because I am a visual artist, I know what our life is like. I know the things that are going on inside our head. I know the dynamics that we're dealing with, the personality situations that we're often dealing with. And the kind of messaging that a visual artist is sharing with their audience is really different than the kind of messaging a different artist is sharing with their audience. So once you've learned the process of how do you dive into who you are, who your ideal collector is, the unique value that you bring, and how to articulate that message, yes, that applies to all sorts of different businesses. Did you do a lot of research? Do you work with other people who are like you obviously are doing the coaching and kind of doing the background and understanding what their vision is, but then in terms of when it comes to the execution part of it, like, okay, we understand what it is. Let's get your website. Let's reach your audience. Who helps you execute all of that on behalf of the client? Right. Well, and that depends on the client. If I've set it up, because I know a lot of artists, when they're starting out, they're needing to bootstrap. And if you need to bootstrap, baby, I can help you bootstrap. So I help them with 
all right, go here. Here's a tutorial. And this is what we're aiming for because, you know, you can go to something like Square or Wix or Weebly and there's a million different choices and you're overwhelmed and you're stuck for four months. But when I help people who want to DIY it to make very simple decisions, you need these five photos. Here's the templates for the three pages on your website. Here's how we drag and drop. Now go away and implement. And if you want to outsource, here's a couple of places you can outsource. So it's customized in the sense of if you've got less time and more money, I can show you how to outsource it. If you've got more time, less money, we can bootstrap it. How do you know how to go out and find the right audience for unique, different types of artists and be able to like guarantee that you're going to have people who will purchase that art? How does and that that's work? where you've got to be really clear that your ideal customer is somebody who absolutely loves what you do. They want to buy it and they have the means to buy it. They can afford your right. art and you've priced your art in such a way that your goals are going to be met and you know how many pieces of art and all of that. So you can relax about that side of things and you know who you're targeting and who you're not. Learning how to articulate that is so important how many clients do you have? How do you pace that? Because it's you doing the one-on-one coaching again, yeah. obviously part of it. So it does take your time. Do you have a staff of people? Is it just you? And how many clients do you take on at a certain? Yeah, I can have up to 20 clients at a time. The program that I've structured is a. am bringing 15 years of painting and selling art and teaching experience. So the things that I give are very concentrated. So we can hop on a half hour Zoom call And you're going to need that whole week to go away and implement. And then when we hop on a Zoom call the next week, you may be in a group setting. You're asking questions and working through these things because the system is so simple that I can send you a video. I can send you an outline to help you with the part that you're up to. Then you're free to spend the time that you've got with me asking your questions. So it's a very concentrated coaching time. And over that three months, you really can move through things quite quickly because you're not having to make a million choices. How do you get clients? Like what's your main way of, are you using social media? How do you get new business? Yeah, social media. uh, In the past, I wrote for Australian Artist Magazine. That was a great way for people to find me. The Colour in Your Life TV episode is still bringing me people. That's great. Hopping on podcasts, talking about what I'm doing because I find everybody knows somebody. It doesn't matter what career, what space, what business you're in. You're either creative, you've got someone in your family or your friendship circle or your colleagues or whatever. Somebody is creative and the people in their life are looking and going, you're amazing. Like you really need to get this out into the world. And that person may not know how to do that. So the Profitable Artist is the bulk of your business. You have your passive revenue courses. And then you also have, there's a business school for artists. Your website is Fiona Valentine. And then under that is where your businesses are. So it's the Profitable Artist, your method. Yeah. And you have the the Confident Artist Facebook group, which is private. That's right. Does that come with the method? Yes. If you're wanting encouragement with your creativity, whether you don't even know how to draw stick figures, you're drawn to this and you're wanting to explore your creativity, or whether you're already painting for a hobby you're painting and starting to sell your art, or you're a really successful artist, you need community. And the confident artist community is that. It's like an ecosystem of beginners all the way up to professional artists where they can, we share our work on Wednesdays, what are you working on, what's on your easel? Uh, We talk business, we talk 
organizing your studio. We just it's a place for people to come together. The heart of the business school is the profitable artist method, this 90-day coaching program that will take you through all the steps that we've been talking about. I didn't know if the business school for artists was more of a like a team building for companies or anything like that. I thought there was something like that. Right, there that. is the art of innovation workshop is something else that I do. And that's come out of my long conversations with my husband in the lean world, oh. just realizing, oh my goodness, if you're a business or a professional and you're committed to continuous improvement, you need to understand that you're creative. But statistics show us 50% of people don't even think they're creative. How on earth can you have confidence to come up with new ideas if you don't think you're a creative person? The reality is 100% of humans are creative. You have creative potential because you were born, but it needs to be developed. It needs to be recognized and nurtured. And it's not just about painting and drawing. Obviously, creativity affects landscapers, architects, doctors, business people, manufacturers, salespeople, whatever your industry, nursing. You need your creativity because it's the ability to come up with ideas, work through the issues, bring together all sorts of unique, different problems and options and categories and come up with solutions and push through the discomfort of iterating that problem-solving thing. Everybody Mm. needs that. So if you're a business and you're in continuous improvement, you're doing Lean or Six Sigma, you've got to help your people unlock their creativity. Where do you see your business going like in the next couple of years? Do you have ideas about kind of where you want to take it next? Are you happy with where it's at and just kind of keep maintaining? What do you see for yourself? I really love what I'm doing with the Profitable Artist Method. And I would love to just keep refining and growing that and just have more automated resources where people can study and come to me for their questions and that sort of thing. So just growing that program, that's really where my heart is. And I love the flexibility that doing this gives me. And I'm looking forward to to having, as that side of the business grows, just having some rekindling that space for my own painting. But pretty much my heart is to have a simple business. I like my time to be flexible and available to my family, to people in my life. And this business gives me that freedom. And I'm just so excited, so thankful to look back and go, this was a dream. This seemed like an impossibility and it's happening. I'm so grateful and just loving that. Was that a goal that you had in mind when you initially started it also was just to allow, like, was it the flexibility also? Okay. Yeah. Totally. Because I'm, yeah, family, my marriage, my relationship with my adult daughters and just thinking what happens if I have grandchildren? You know, my girls are in their 20s already. So one day that could be an option. And I don't want to be the person who's nine to five-ing five days a week. And it's so hard to squeeze that in. I'm a homebody. I love being home. I love Mm. having the freedom to drop things and pick up the phone with them if they need me. Um, So I deliberately built a business that would work around that and free up my time. For anyone listening, and it doesn't, you know, not, doesn't have to be in the area that you're in, but just what advice, like a couple pieces of advice that you would have for people who are interested or just getting started with side hustles in terms of like first steps or just what helped you along the way? Being really clear on what I wanted, what I wanted my life to look like. I knew I didn't want to, I didn't want travel to be a big part of it, travel away from my family. I didn't want weekends. I didn't want nights to be a long-term part of that. I was willing to do some of those things in the short term, but I wanted something I could do during the daytime that still left the majority of my week free, that was flexible, something I could do from home. 
So being clear on what I needed, what I wanted, what worked for me, and being clear on my strengths and my weaknesses, and being clear on what profitability meant for me. That had a dollar figure on it for leaving my job. And now it has a dollar figure on it for my goals. What's enough for me? I don't have to build a mega business. I don't have to have a mega team. I want things to be small and to be simple. And I know what my goal is, what to me would be enough for our family and what would mean freedom, freedom for my husband to do other things or whatever. I think that's amazing advice and also so refreshing to hear the word profitability used with side hustles, dreams, and kind of passion. Because I think a lot of times, which is also great because people will just say, just focus on what you know you want to do with it. I think it's great advice too. The money will come. Don't worry about it. But I think there's something so direction focused that helps you really rein that in when you use the word profitability and really looking at like goals and where you want to get, which I think is the whole crux of you know what you offer, which is this kind of clear cut path and outlining that. And I think it's different than other ways of looking at it, just kind of like going out there and just do what you do and do what you love. But it's okay to kind of talk about profitability when it comes to your passion and yeah. figuring out what you want. Well, thank you so much. I just want to end with just let everybody know where they can find you, what your details yeah. are, your website address, Instagram, anything like that. Yeah. So you can find me at fionavalentine.com. That's where you can also download the free guide, How to Start Selling Your Art, that lists some of the things we talked about today. I'm on Instagram at Fiona Valentine Artist. And you'll see on my website too that there's a way to join the Facebook group, The Confident Artist. Great. Well, thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been so fun. 